Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer and I talk Hispanic Heritage Month and the top 10 Hispanic pro wrestlers of all time. I give my top 10 list. Tommy gives his fraudulent top 10 list because he actually has 11, which is unbelievable. And to talk about not only the greatest Hispanic wrestlers of all time, but the Guerrero family and Eddie Guerrero, who better? Then Vicky Guerrero joins us right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Here we go with my top 10 top Hispanic wrestlers of all time, Tommy. And I'm excited. Cel- I am. It's in celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month. At number 10, I have brother of Mil Mascaris, and that's uh, Dos Caras comes in at number 10. Of course, uh, his son is Alberto El Patron, former world champion, uh, just an amazing talent. Go back and watch some of his matches. He comes in at number 10. Somebody that you mentioned earlier in the show, Tommy, at number nine, I have the Blue Demon. Starred in over 25 movies. One of our callers talk about El Santos and how many movies he, he was in. We'll get into him in just a little bit. But for the Blue Demon, over 25 movies, multi-time world champion. Uh, spent most of his career in CMLL, but also in the NWA as well. Blue Demon coming in at number nine. At number eight. Somebody that we haven't heard from yet, which I'm actually kind of surprised about, and that's Tito Santana, you know, uh, WWE Hall of Famer, two-time Intercontinental Champion, two-time uh, Tag Team Champion, one of the greatest feuds in, of all time with Greg the Hammer Valentine. I have Tito Santana coming in at number eight. At number seven, somebody that we have heard a lot about today, and it was Bully's number one, but for me, he comes in at number seven, and that's Pedro Morales, you know, WWE Hall of Famer in 1995. Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame Wrestler of the Year in 1972. Also the same year that he had that match with Bruno San Martino in the draw at Shea Stadium. Three-time world champion, two-time intercontinental champion. The first WWF Triple Crown champion, Pedro Morales, is definitely somebody that should be in everyone's top 10. At number six, I have one of the Guerreros, and we're going to hear a lot about the Guerreros, and that's Gory Guerrero coming in at number six, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, Mexican National Champion, Mexican Walterweight Champion, NWA Light Heavyweight Champion, Tag Team Champion, uh, the arc of the, the Guerrero Wrestling Family coming in at number six. At number five, 
Somebody we've heard a lot about today as well, and that's Eddie Guerrero, WWE Hall of Famer back in 2006, two-time Intercontinental Champion, four-time Tag Team Champion, former U.S. Champion. I mean, you want to talk about feuds, the feud with uh, Dean Malenko in the mid-90s, absolutely amazing. I have Eddie Guerrero coming in at number five. At number four, somebody who is still doing it at an extremely high level. First, he's a future first ballot Hall of Famer, and that's Rey Mysterio. Three-time WWE champion, three-time cruiserweight champion, two-time intercontinental champion, four-time tag team champion, two-time U.S. champion. He's also in the AAA Hall of Fame as well, and that's Rey Mysterio. At number three, and a lot of people, Tommy, are probably going to say he should be number one. And it's hard to argue. Honestly, my top three, you can move this and any kind of number rotation that you want. But probably most, uh, I would think that most um, historians would probably put this man at number one, and that's El Santo. Star of 52 movies, uh, finally unmasked in 1984, uh, WWE Hall of Famer, pro wrestling Hall of Famer, and of course, when he was unmasked, he did that himself. Uh, there's a statue of him in his hometown. Like, how many wrestlers, you know, how many people have statues of themselves in their hometown? And, you know, I mean, geez Louise, I mean, you could, there's so much lineage when you talk about El Santo. At number two, somebody who hasn't been mentioned, which I'm very surprised about as well. And again, the number rotation doesn't matter. These are all top 10 people. Like, you know, the, the, like Tommy said, there is no right or wrong answers. And that's Carlos Colon coming in at number two. 26 time WWC world champion, nine time, uh, 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 nine time WWC champ, uh, uh, reigning champion, 11 time tag team champion, four time TV champion, uh, the feuds. The, the feuds with uh, Abdul the Butcher, um, probably single-handedly saved pro wrestling in Puerto, Puerto Rico. And he's somebody that, you know, brought that style over to the States as well. Carlos Colon at number two. And at number one, and I said that this might be controversial. And Tommy, I really want to get your take on my number one. Because this is a guy who's kind of gotten a reputation lately. But to me, he is number one. He is the greatest of all time. I I met him, and when I when I met him, can I tell you that I you you mentioned my my Tommy Rich getting Tommy Rich on the phone, and my hands were failing. My my daughter actually had to take me by the hand and bring me into the corner of the room to calm me down before I met this man, because I, I was hyperventilating. I was having an anxiety attack before I met this man. Seriously. And at number one, I have Mil Mascaris at number one. WWE Hall of Famer, NWA Hall of Famer, Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer. I mean, he was a huge star, not only in Mexico, but Japan, the U.S., over a star of over 20 films. And when I th- even think of a masked wrestler, it's, it's the mask of Mil Mascaris. And that's who I have at number one. So really quickly, my top ten. I got pages, pages here that have all the notes. Uh, Dos Catalyst at 10, Blue Demon at 9, Tito Santana at 8, Pedro Morales at 7, uh, Gory Guerrero at 6, Eddie Guerrero at 5, Rey Mysterio at 4, El Santo at 3, Carlos Colon at 2, and Mil Mascaris at 1. 
Like I said, there's no wrong answer. I love your list. I have the majority of the same people on my list. And yeah, when you think of Lucha, when you think of the mask, our generation and generations before is Mil Maskris. I, when I had Mil Maskris work on a House of Hardcore show and he had his own locker room, I treated that man with utmost respect. And he also wanted to wrestle 25 minutes <laughs> and he was in his seventies and wore the mask in. Uh, I did get to see him without his mask on, which kind of like blew it for me. But the fact that, yeah, uh, that gold mask, his physique, his high flying, it is, you know, for a lot of people, he should be on your number one. And Bully had a great story that he shared as well, you know, meeting Mil Mascaris and, and, you know, with Bill Apter and, you know, Bill Apter, I think if you go to Bill Apter and that's somebody who's been covering pro wrestling for 50 years, you know, Bill Apter will probably say Mil Mascaris is the number one wrestler, not a Hispanic wrestler, number one wrestler of all time. Um Mil Mascaris, uh, just again, I, I could share my stories, like I said, of, of hyperventilating and having an anxiety attack before I met him. And by the way, this I didn't meet him when I was 14. I met him like a year ago. So <laughs> that tells you right now. And, and a lot of people, and there's been a lot of people uh, lately that have talked about Mil Mascaris in a negative light. He didn't sell anything. You know, he, he wouldn't register anything. Every match had to go his way. Tommy, I saw Mil Mascaris wrestle uh, the Duke of Dorchester, P. Doherty, July 15th, 1984 at the Meadowlands, Tommy. It was about a 16-17 match, and for most of that match, Pete Doherty dominated. Like, you're in the ring with the Duke of Dorchester, Pete Doherty, and Bill Mascaris was selling and registering for him in the in front of twenty thousand fans at the metal sold out Meadowlands Arena. Don't tell me that that guy would not register and that guy would not sell. I saw it firsthand, July fifteenth, nineteen eighty four, in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Yeah, um, well, a lot of wrestlers said he wanted to get his stuff in, but I mean, a lot of wrestlers back then did, and we also talk about Phantom title changes and you I love the history of you know the NWA where an NWA champion couldn't wear a mask I remember I believe it was Mil Mascaris pinning I want to say either Ric Flair or Harley Race with the flying cross body block and then it got negated for some reason or he came off the top rope some BS reason but he was that over and that over and when you think of seriously like a mask wrestler who got over in the United States, especially then there was only a handful and he was, he was one of them or, or a luchador that got over in the United States. It was him. Hello, Sirius XM. This is Pat McAfee. Starting Wednesday, my show is coming to Mad Dog Sports Radio. If you don't know me, here's a resume. I used to kick balls for a living. Sometimes I do comedy. I'm an undefeated professional wrestler except for one match. And I do a radio show where I'll entertain the living hell out of you with sports takes and some stories from my crazy life. The dumbest sports show to ever exist, the Pat McAfee Show. We're on weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern starting Wednesday on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82, Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, or however the hell you stream in your house. All right, Tommy, I gave my list. I can't wait to hear the list 
From the innovator of violence, the landlord of the house of hardcore, the heart and soul of professional wrestling, Mr. Tommy Dreamer. I was really getting into that song. I wanted to sing it in my best Latin voice, but now I cannot. All right, here we go. I had to change my list, Dave. I got to tell you, I'm a bit of a fraud on my list as That's well. Not, no, no, Tommy. I, I will be the first one to call you a fraud, but that is not fraud. If yeah, Listen, if you hear a call from the Busted Open Nation that changes your list, or if you hear my list and you change your list, that is not fraudulent at all, my friend. Well, this was so hard to do, and I really did do my research, and I had like a bunch of different people on my list. And then I kept moving it. I had to keep shift. And then, you know, you sold me on a lot of people and so did the callers. Uh, I'll start with, and I, I, a lot of people may get offended that he's so low on my list, but it's just, again, generational. And that would be with El Santo. He is my number 10 and wow. I know what he did. And I know the history of professional okay. wrestling. Um, I also, I don't know the historic, uh, I don't know the, I know he drew big, big houses, but I don't know like actual numbers. You know, you go back and you look at like, I, I get it, like ticket prices or venues. I mean, a lot of, I'm watching Mid-Atlantic right now and they're talking about that'll sell out any Coliseum and a Coliseum is, you know, six to 8,000 as opposed to stadiums. And I'm, and I, Anyway, I just put him at number 10 at, and I know all that he did. And I, but weirdly I would have him on my Mount Rushmore of Lucha Libre, but that Mount Rushmore to me is always the forefathers of professional wrestling. So with that number nine, this is going to get a lot of people mad. You may even just halt the show, but I have two people that nobody has on their list. The Bella twins. I have okay. the Bella Twins on there. Why? They were part, both champions, both changed the wrestling business. They came from the, the divas to the, to the re women's revolution, as well as what they've done for their brand and having their own shows, two of their own shows, and have really, there's generations, a younger generation of women that fell in love with professional wrestling because of the Bella twins. And if it wasn't for motherhood, I think they would still be out there wrestling and changing themselves and changing the business. And they've had a gigantic impact on the wrestling industry. Number eight, I view him as my Mount Rushmore of Lucha, Gory Guerrero, besides having really good uh, sons, but he was in a, top top heel in professional wrestling and you know i've seen some of his matches um i've wrestled his you know his it's just his his lineage and the guerrero history in professional wrestling it's when i think of lucha libre i think of that of the name guerrero and i think he's the guy who started it all numero seven a man when i first met him i was in awe and I could not believe what I was looking at because I was obsessed with his forehead and he looked like seriously the toughest man in the world. And I was, this was in 1995 and that's Pero Aguayo. And when you talk about houses and when you talk about money drawn, he was a top heel and a top baby face. 
He had this presence and aura about him. When I tell you his forehead, dude, there was made Abdul the butcher's forehead look like nothing. And it was just this wow factor. And he helped other talent get over when he was past, I don't want to say past his prime, but he was just such a top, top act in uh, Lucha history. Number six, Tito Santana. Um, I love Tito as a baby face, one of the greatest baby faces, in my opinion. Uh, so many, you know, WWF tag team champions, um, intercontinental champion, had so many WrestleManias in a row. He worked, I, I watched his entire career. Uh, I'm friends with the guy, but he was just an amazing, amazing wrestler that had the people behind him and he was always, they would always promote his, his heritage, which I think was really, really cool. Now, like you said, all these lists are interchangeable and any of these guys can be number one. Number five, I have Mil Mascaris. He's your number one, but he's my number five. Could be number one, but when I think of a masked wrestler, I think of Mil Mascaris. Uh, that iconic gold mask with the M. I never got to see him wrestle a lot, but he was also billed as an attraction when he came to like, you know, the different territories. He didn't come to a lot of territories, but man, that man with his high flying and his, you know, different type of wrestling was the first probably Mexican wrestler I ever saw with the mask as well. And that's, he's my number five. Number four, we've been talking about him, Pedro Morales. I did not get to see his world title reign, but I did get to see his intercontinental reign. I also got to see when he was tag team champion for a half a second with Bob Backlund when both champions had the tag team champions when it was Backlund and Morales versus the Samoans, and they had all the gold. Pedro was a box office draw. He's the guy who kind of replaced Bruno at that time period, and when you think about you know that, that should speak volumes for 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 Pedro and his comeback and his selling. He was also a big star in Puerto Rico. And, you know, Pedro was a big, big star in professional wrestling. Number four. Oh, wait, what is this? Oh, my gosh. I have two number fours. Gabby. Oh, did I just no. Met yeah, well, I'm just going to do number four A, Carlos Colon. Um, Carlos, I could talk so much about Carlos, what he meant to the island of Puerto Rico. And when you talk about, it's a small island and the fact that he drew everywhere he went. Uh, and, you know, you and I, we couldn't wait to see him when we saw him come to the Meadowlands. He was a great wrestler, uh, spawned some great wrestlers uh, with his children, but I, I can't speak volumes enough for Carlos Colon and what he means to professional wrestling. Then another person who was a big draw and also without his influence, Lucha Libre would not have gotten over, and that's Conan. You have no clue how popular Conan was, not only in Mexico. Um, he was a god, especially in the 90s. Conan carried a company when they were doing phenomenal business. He was also the one that uh, helped bring the Lucha style to... ECW 
in the United States uh, with his relationship with Paul Heyman and Lucha Libre, which was not being celebrated in the States at all until ECW. And we got to see the beauty of Rey Mysterio and Psychosis and Hoovy. But that's, you know, Conan was the guy who helped facilitate that. But Conan was a gigantic star, uh, as well as a gigantic star in Puerto Rico, man. Drew some amazing houses. Uh, I know we were supposed to have him on last week, but everything changed with uh, Road Warrior Animals passing. But Conan's got some friggin' stories, man. And uh, I love when he tells me when he was marrying Carlos Colon's daughter. And then turned heel. It was, it's an amazing, amazing story that drew big money when that company was starting to go on the decline. Um, Eddie Guerrero is number two. Uh, I feel Eddie would have been number one, but you talk about his legacy and how much he was loved, how much, how many wrestlers grew up wanting to be like Eddie Guerrero, or I got to know him very, very well from my time in ECW, my time in WWE, but, you know, Eddie and that whole opening up with his, his battles and, you know, winning the championship and his fire. And Eddie was one of those guys that uh, he's, he was a once in a lifetime performer. And when he was a heel, he wanted you to hate him. And when he was a baby face, he made you love him. Eddie Guerrero, I've stepped into the ring many, many times. I'm one of the best of all time uh, missed, but his legacy lives on forever. And that's how much he was adored by everyone. And number one, I have is Rey Mysterio. The fact wow. that Rey has always been the ultimate underdog when he's won every title. The fact of his innovation as a professional wrestler, the fact that he got over in every single company he's ever wrestled in from AAA to ECW to WCW to WWE. If you remember that monumental run when he won the battle Royal, the Royal rumble, when he won the world title, the fact that he, every one of his weaknesses that he ever had were, Oh, he can't talk or he's too small. Uh, he's overcome. He's, a phenomenal, phenomenal in-ring worker. He walked the walk. He talked the talk. And for a guy, you, people, they don't even imagine him, Ray, Ray Mysterio, as how small he is. But Ray battled everything, every one of his detractors. And Ray, perhaps, in my eyes, and I think in a lot of other people's eyes too, go down as the greatest uh Greatest Hispanic wrestler of all time. Lionel Messi has officially told Barcelona he wants to leave the club. The biggest name in soccer is on the move. Lionel Messi has brought the club to their knees. What went wrong at Barcelona? For three years, he's seen this team dissolve like an Andesilta in a glass of Newcastle brown ale. What's next for Lionel Messi? From a footballing viewpoint, Italy's the best place for him. Follow this true tale of international intrigue every day on Sirius XM FC. 157. And I'm very, very happy to have our next guest on for this show. And you talk about personalities and characters and forget about um, just in the Hispanic culture, but also in the entire world of pro wrestling. And that is Vicky Guerrero, who joins us now here on Busted Open. Good morning and thank you so much for the time today. Good morning, guys. Hi, Tommy. What's up, Vicky? So nice to see you. 
It is very nice to see both of you. How's everybody doing? We're good. Doing We're getting through. I see you. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. Is that coffee, Tommy? Yes. It was National Coffee Day yesterday. I'm celebrating it. Wow. It's a lot of caffeine. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, he has a problem, Vicky, when he says I'm celebrating National Coffee Day, which was yesterday. So he's continuing the celebration today. Also, you know, I'm sure that you heard we're doing top 10 greatest Hispanic wrestlers of all time. And Tommy did a list of 11 because he had two number fours on his list. But uh, but we love Tommy. More importantly, um, you know, we see you on AEW Dark on YouTube. We obviously see you each and every Wednesday on TNT. Hopefully we'll see you tonight on AEW Dynamite. Uh, how has it been being a part of AEW Dynamite? It, um, you know, I never thought I was going to get back into a wrestling promotion. And to be part of the AEW family has been so much fun, uh, stress-free, and I'm just loving that I'm able to be creative with my character and to work with Nyla Rose has been a lot of fun. She's so creative and funny and has a great attitude and everything. She's kind of, um, you know, growing together and we're molding and collaborating. And so I'm really excited what these uh, next uh, few months are going to contain with Nyla and I. So I'm ready to start causing trouble again. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that's Not good for me. the fans. That's good for the fans. I got a little bored when I was out of the action, so now I'm looking forward to it. Um, we're talking greatest Hispanic wrestlers of all time. Um, you being a part of it, and I'm sure you've been to shows from you know besides WWE because we talk about the culture with the mask and, and everything. Can you just tell us like your earliest beginnings or? experiences with all that yeah you know that's really uh, i was thinking about that this morning um you know my earliest experiences was when i was dating eddie and eddie was wrestling in Juarez, mexico and also traveling to mexico to train for wrestling so the greatest wrestlers that i was able to you know get to know personally and see them work in the ring was of course there's eddie and then there was um conan and then there was a wrestler called adi romero that was one of eddie's greatest rivals in the Juarez shows and then you had you know just like um, um, Pedro Aguayo and you had Negro Casas and uh, just such a great array of wrestlers that that's the wrestling I fell in love with and respected and Eddie showed me so much of the Mexican heritage you know how these wrestlers came and they just have a different craft and they they just have this wonderful magic in the ring that a lot of wrestlers can't you know copy and that's the love that I always remember when you say Hispanic wrestlers I think about what is in Mexico City and all through you know Mexico in itself you know um traveling with Eddie while he was training wow you know as we we've been doing this show and you know in in here in the states especially in the world of the WWE you know now that the 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 curtain has been peeled back it's 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 show it's entertainment it's fun um but you know in in the Hispanic heritage there's so much more to lucha libre and professional wrestling like you said it's 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 a bloodline it's a lifeline into the culture explain that a little bit more cuz i don't think a lot of our fans understand how important wrestling is to that culture you know it that's really interesting you say that day because um you know the the wrestling heritage in Mexico and through the Hispanic community is taken very seriously. You know, you talk about kayfabe, they really protected the business in so many ways. And 
it wasn't for three years when I was dating Eddie that he would not let me into any of the secrets or the psychology or anything about the wrestling because um, he always told me in it in due time, I will let you know what's going on because when I would go to what is and I would see the, the wrestling happening, which was really big back in the 19 in late 19, uh, you know, 1995 through uh, 1986. I mean, it was just when I saw Adi Romero, you know, get his fork and make Eddie bleed. I was just like, I was a, I was a mess because here's my boyfriend, you know, in the ring, you know, bleeding and, and, and there's, you know, diapers full of crap, you know, and fans are throwing them, you know, at, at the heels. And I'm not understanding because the wrestling I saw in American TV with Hulk Hogan and the Von Erics, there was no diapers with crap being thrown into the ring. So I'm thinking, why is it okay here in Mexico, but not in the States? So I, I was very green and I didn't know a lot. But I did know that, you know, going back into the locker room, it's such a, a, a deep rooted family history and love for the sport. And everyone is just so um, appreciative of the sport that they they were involved in. And for to see, you know, Gory Guerrero and Eddie, you know, um, promote in El Paso and what is and to see just all the work they put into it. I had a lot to learn and, but slowly and surely when Eddie was letting me know into the, how the psychology and how the behind the scenes worked with the wrestling, I grew to love this sport because I saw the love through the Guerrero family and to see it be a part of my family was something that was really special to me. And um, these guys are brutal. I mean, it's really rough over there. <laughs> There's, it's uh, it's do or die sometimes in that ring. And I really appreciate it because um, you know, that was a sport that fed their family and it was it's a tradition for years and so it has a very special meaning to my heart when I see you know Hispanic month and I see the Mexican wrestlers and Ray Mysterio and I see um you know the girls coming up that are you know Hispanic it's just it comes full circle that I appreciate the business more uh, Vicky, man, if you think about like what you just said, it, it's such a different time. Uh, I remember talking with Scott Armstrong and he said two wrestlers came to him in the back and they said, they're beating up your dad. You got to save him. And he hits the ring. And that was his introduction. They didn't even tell him he was part of this angle. He just hit the ring to, to fight for his father. And like, Jeff Jarrett has told me he watched, uh, I forgot who it was in, in Nashville, whip the crap out of his father as a little boy. And he's hysterical crying and he starts swinging at them. <laughs> so they didn't smarten up their, their, their children. For, for me, when I first got in the business, I remember I got jumped by Bill DeMott and another wrestler. <laughs> and I had a hundred of my crazy Italian family members there. I never smartened anybody up. My mother was crying. My grandfather hit the ring. And it was just like this next level of one secrecy, but it was also out of respect. Yeah. And like you said, like it's so insane to say that out loud or how people can, like how much we appreciate that, but how weird it may sound to our listeners. But that was your life and why you are still successful in a world that you came in as an outsider, but really you were, you're born into it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really fascinating because, you know, when, 
you know, Eddie used to park in the parking lot in Juarez and we used to walk to the arena because there was no parking at the arena. So to see these fans either try and knife Eddie or to steal his bag or they just wanted to shake his hand, we were on guard and I was a nervous wreck. So I'm thinking, how is this even legal to have you, you know, walk from your car to the arena and we have to have 10 of Eddie's friends surround us so we're okay, you know, just to walk to the arena. And it was just, a, it was such a respect. And at first I was kind of getting mad at Eddie. I'd be like, you know, I want to know, like you bring me here every Thursday and Sunday. You want to watch, you want me to go watch you. Well, if you don't want me to have a nervous breakdown, then you need to fill me in. He'd always be like, not yet. And he waited, you know, a long time before he told me. And I would see, you know, the, you know, the cuts on his head and I would see, you know, him all banged up. And, and then I would, you know, at the end of the night, you know, he would go shake the guy's hand. I'm like, why are you shaking his hand for? Like, this is ridiculous. Like he's such an asshole. Like he just, he just hurt you. And he would just give me that look like, shut the hell up. And I'll, you know, we're going home in a minute, you know, and I was just, I had a lot to learn and, but little by little, you know, just to get to know the respect the guys had backstage versus what was going on in the ring. Um, I'm very grateful that Eddie took his time to introduce me and to uh, be a part of this world. It's just, uh, it's my family. It's the, it's what feeds me and my girls and my family. And so um, when people, you know, insult it, it hits, it hits hard, you know, to the heart. I'll never forget. And we were in catering and you had pretty much just gotten involved with Eddie on television and you guys had like an argument on television and I, no. and I, I was talking to, to you and Eddie and I was like, man, Vicky, you were phenomenal on the mic. And like, cause again, you, you know, you're a very humble woman and is also, you're like nervous and you're like, Oh, thank you. And I was just like, and just like that argument and that passion, Eddie just turned, you know, how that infectious smile. And he looked at me and goes, no, dude, that was real. And you're like, yeah, we've had a lot of practice. <laughs> I but know. I would, <laughs> to I would emote that help. passion on television is so much, is so hard. And, oh, but like, you. I remember that, like the, I get in chills. Cause I remember like it was yesterday and like me and you instantly clicked from that moment on just, it was just, you know, I, I've known Eddie for since 95 from ECW, but then you and I just clicked after that. It was great. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's so funny. Cause Eddie would always, I would tell Eddie, you know, like, how mad do you want me to get tonight? And he's like, well, you remember this fight? <laughs> yeah. Get like that. You know? And I'd be like, Oh, it's all brother. Let's go. <laughs> I'm ready. So, I mean, it was just uh thank you, Tommy, for your compliment. I'm, I, I love to perform and, and I didn't know how much I loved being a part of it until I was given the opportunity. But um, yeah, it's just, it's a fascinating adrenaline rush that nothing in this world could ever put me there unless I'm in the middle of the ring. Well, talk about that transition. Cause here you are telling stories that you knew nothing about the business and everything was so guarded. <laughs> then you're actually in front of the camera on TV. Talk about how that came to be in that transition. Oh, well, gosh, Dave, you know, I uh, I sucked when I first started by myself. <laughs> I mean, to, to be thrown into promos and, you know, they brought me in because they saw I could do the backstage vignettes with Eddie and I could memorize lines and I wasn't 
you know, the camera never scared me, so to speak. Um, but, you know, to come in in a different capacity as my own without Eddie being next to me, because that was my big comfort was Eddie was in the same shot with me. Um, and to be on my own, it was a lot of learning and a lot of um, humbling myself because I didn't want to insult the business because I loved it. But at the same time, I wanted to learn so much. And I remember one of my first promos I did, and I, I know I ate shit so bad and dusty Rhodes is backstage in gorilla and he just he, i came back and he put his arm around me and said three hunt you suck he goes we have a lot of work to do <laughs> and but i i opened my heart and I, I i listened and he was so great to mentor me and tell me just how it was and i didn't want to be fed you know oh you're fine you're fine i wanted to know what was wrong so i could correct it and by the grace of God, you know, I'm, I'm here 16 years later and it's just, I'm very humble and grateful. How is it working with uh shawl? You know, it's, Oh, that's so hard, Tommy. That's like putting one of your daughters <laughs> next to you in the ring. Um, Shaw is very independent and she's so good at performing. And I love working with her because I see a lot of Eddie and I see a lot of her isms that her smirk and her smile and I'm really proud of her because she she's a great performer. And it's kind of hard because at AEW, they're like, oh, well, you know, here's Shaw's, you know, travel. Here's Shaw's, you know, what she's going to do for the show. I'm like, why are you telling me this? Like, she goes, well, you're the mom. I'm like, and I'm like, take care of it go take care of it. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's always going to be the mom and daughter role, but um, we respect each other. And I, I love that she's able to carry her own and um, she's a great announcer. I couldn't do that, you know, so I, we respect each other's roles and we do have a good time on the road and to be able to travel together. That's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, we're talking <laughs> I about still yell at her too. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the greatest uh, Hispanic wrestlers of all time, Vicky. And you look at AEW and the landscape of AEW, there is a tremendous amount of uh, Hispanic talent that is actually now getting a chance too on AEW Dynamite. Uh, talk about some of the names that you've seen on that show that have really impressed you lately. Oh my gosh, I have some favorites. You know, the Lucha Brothers, I love watching them perform. The stuff they do is just phenomenal and the acrobatics. And that brings my love back to the wrestling because it's a little bit of home that's come with me to AEW. And to watch them, uh, it, it just shows a lot of um, the respect, you know, of what they have for the business. And you have Santana and Ortiz, uh, who we talk about Eddie all the time. So when people talk about Eddie, it really makes me feel like I'm a part of AEW's family and, and they welcomed me. Um, you know, those are a few of the talents. And then you have the girls, you know, there's Evelise and Diamante and we're working with Thunder Rosa from NWA. And, you know, to see those girls, you know, tearing it up in the ring, it's like, I'm so proud of everyone because for this month, you know, we're able to say, yeah, we, you know, here we are. And, and you know, the Hispanics are, are making history and, and we'll continue to do that. Yeah, um, Lucha Bros and Santana Ortiz, they're my guys. Um, oh, love I, them. Work, I work with them so much in impact wrestling and like them thirsting for knowledge to get better. And, you know, when we were, they were telling me about AEW, I was like, man, just you go and you, you take off and, and learn what you learned here and, and take it from where you guys, and they always want to learn. And, you know, being surrounded by a Chris Jericho helps them. Just like when you said, when you first started, you had Dusty, you had Edge helping you. And like, yeah. 
a lot of people behind the scenes helping together. I mean, I say I see Ray, uh, Ray Phoenix as probably the could be the next Ray Mysterio as a singles yeah. competitor, because like you said, he does things that defy gravity, like the moves he does as with such ease. Like I've seen him do that where he goes to the top, goes to the second, back to the top, just to do an arm drag. And I'll be like, <laughs> I, the only way I could do that is if I fell off the top rope. And, <laughs> but when he, do, he does it with grace. Yeah. I've and never seen know, a performer like that. Yeah. You know, and right now with us being a part of the audience, you know, cause of COVID um, to be on the sidelines and to watch these two guys, you know, say like go against private party, uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty tremendous to be on the sidelines because you see them coming right at you and they're like no no come it they you know calm down I got you you know I'm just like I, you know just starting to freak out a little bit but they're so precise in their work and they know exactly where they're going in the ring and it's it's fun I mean it makes a great night of wrestling to be entertained by these two and, and the others too as well and the girls you know they're they have a lot of confidence and to see this confidence come out with the the luchador style you know and to see them representing their countries it's just it's that confidence that the women are having the opportunity to be able to be in the ring and and have their tv time and i think that's really exciting and stealing the show i mean i'm sorry time but it's stealing the show like what we saw with ivalice and thunder rosa just a couple weeks ago like i mean that's the match that a lot of people were talking about coming out of dynamite a couple wednesdays ago absolutely yeah they tore it up for me with AEW from being behind the scenes there and, and just also watching as a fan, Bully and I have both said it. It reminds me so much of ECW where, cause you also said family where we all were so, so tight. And I would literally watch Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko and my jaw would drop. And I'd be like, Oh my God, this is the greatest match I've ever seen. And then I have to follow it. And Dean had this thing where he never wanted to be wrestle where there was blood before us. So, and Paul respected that. So I would follow that and just like, and it would top that. It would top it differently, but like that has the same mentality in AEW. Cause I'll be like, man, that match was great. How are they going to top it? And then they come back and they do, if it's a promo segment, if it's, and that's why I love AEW as well. I literally sit back and I enjoy it as a fan again. And like you just said, you've seen how, how long have you been watching wrestling since you've been dating Eddie and yet yeah. you're still having fun doing something. That's the beauty of what we do. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just full of the entertainment in AEW is so fun because they're allowing the superstars to collaborate their own creativity and to hear them, you know, and, and on the other side where I was been, you know, it was either here's a script, this is what you're going to do and see you when the show starts, you know, and you didn't have a say in that. And, you know, it's very different over there, but when I came to AEW and I did my first promo and Kenny and Cody were like, uh, I go, what, what do you guys want me to do? You know, what do you mean say? And they're like, well, I don't know. You're Vicky Guerrero. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> I, was like, I just got so excited because it, it was true. You know, it was like, go, go do you and get your story over and, and let's have fun. And it's just been a blast, you know, and it's like, and the schedule we have is so wonderful. And Tony Khan is just pretty, just so cool and he's a fan too so he gets all excited with us when we're talking about stories and that's the fun of it again is that we're just you got to have fun before you work you know because if you're going to work and it's not fun then you're not going to get any enjoyment out of it 
How's it like working with Nyla Rose now on AEW? I feel very protected. I just must say, <laughs> uh, you know, she's, she's a beast. I mean, literally, you know, her, her confidence and what she brings to the ring is going to be a lot of fun to get entangled with some of the roster. Um, right now we've worked a lot on AEW with some of the girls that aren't signed. Um, and it's just a lot of fun because we get to experiment a little bit and see how we're going to flow in the ring. And, um, she can do a promo and, you know, and I do the promos and, you know, she's like, let me wrestle you, you do the the promos. And I'm like, that's what I'm here for. And we just have a lot of fun and, you know, and we just have a lot of backstage content that we're working on and she's going to be great. Now there's going to be a day that I know that she's going to turn on me and the shit's going to hit the fan. But, but you know what? I've, that's that's the nature of my character but we're, i think we're just gonna tear it up and have fun and you know and we already have a t-shirt together like i'm already on cloud nine there like i've never had a t-shirt that was had my name my picture on it so it's been pretty cool and it's been a good experience you talk about having fun i follow both you on social media and you know posting bikini pictures um and, and just doing <laughs> Well, I mean, honestly, like I've known you more, like, sh- like I said, shyer, humbler, and <laughs> you go out there, you're, ha- you could tell how much fun you have through your social media and you're out there and she's like, Hey, this is me. I look great and screw everybody else. Cause that's how it should be fun. That's what I always say about wrestling. Yeah. You know, Tommy, I'm 52. I mean, who, I mean, I think in my fifties, I thought I'm going to retire and be in the medical office and, you know, kind of calm down. But I tried that and I was so bored because it was so calm and such a regime, you know, schedule every week. And when I got back into the wrestling, I just told myself I'm going to run it until I can't do it anymore. And um, it's just a lot of fun. You know, it's like every day the office is different and the family I work with is just someone different every night. And it's just, it's great, you know, and, I, I can't ask for anything more. Next time I'm Talk- in Jacksonville, I'm going to pose bikini pictures with you guys. We'll have a nice. Hey, I've never I, done a know, bikini photo shoot, so just so you know, you've done nude ones though. Yeah, well, that's okay. I was I mean, I, with a belt covering you, I mean, <laughs> I could do that too, and I might get some, you know, some. I might get some likes then. <laughs> I still have nightmares about that picture of Tommy. <laughs> Vicky, talk about talk about the podcast. Talk about the Excuse Me podcast. Oh, gosh. Well, y'all are professionals. I mean, I look to you guys, you know, and how you do your content and your interviews. Um, I started this podcast in um, 2019, and I only not didn't want to do uh, wrestlers, but I want to do celebrities and, uh, you know, um, just different groups of people. There's politicians and um, dance groups and uh, musicians. So I wanted to be a diverse, you know, podcast where I kind of welcome everybody in, but my main focus is wrestling. And um, I don't interview WWE wrestlers anymore because they got butthurt about me being on AEW, but life goes on, you know, and I've, there's a lot of content. I'm getting ready to get some people from new Japan pro wrestling on my show. And I'm really excited. Um, you know, so I just, it's just a, a great time for me to extend my love for the business and to, uh, you know, to have a show. I'm looking to get bigger and bigger and it, it takes a lot of work, but I'm willing to work at it and I'm having a blast at it. Tommy, have you been on? No, not yet. It's National yeah. Podcast Day, so we'll, uh, we'll work on that. I would love to have you on, Tommy. Anytime. All right, cool. Me, I'll be there for you. All right. Thank you, Tommy. Because I did do this for you. So now you owe me one. So 
kind right. of the deal. Absolutely. I, I, I created the show. That's the number one sports show on Sirius XM, but you know, maybe you've just forgotten my email address and number, but that's okay. I still listen anyway. <laughs> I enjoy the show very much. Vicky, uh, oh my gosh, awesome. I would love to have you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what they all say. Vicky, then, you know, it's like AEW, high school all over again. I sit, I sit in the chair and <laughs> stare out the window on a Friday. It's Saturday, 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 you, know, you don't want to get heat in your new place of employment. He's banned in AEW. Yeah. Don't Cody even... banned me. Oh Big... man. Life sucks. Yeah. Huh? This yeah, no. was going great. And then it went off the rails when we talked about AEW. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, you know, no love. That's like me and WWE. <laughs> Jericho, you know, stop booking me on the Jericho cruise after the first one. You know, that old deal. Oh, but that's, that's okay, Vicky. That's okay, Vicky. You know what? Life goes on. You know, I have a family that I think loves me, but we'll find that out probably once the show is over. Yeah. Here's for you, Vicky. Dave. Here's thank a you. For you. And Vicky, seriously, Love thank it. you so much for being a part of the show. And thank you. And hopefully we'll be seeing you on AEW Dynamite. Thank you again. Thank you, guys. Bye, Tommy. See you. Love you. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open podcast this is a big year the ohio lottery's golden anniversary 50 years of excitement of growing jackpots and crossed fingers 50 years of funding for schools of changed lives and brightened days 50 years of fun and that is worth celebrating so watch for can't miss promotions huge events and new games that will make the ohio lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet Learn more at funturns50.com.